You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 96. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 10, verses 16 through 21. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Today's reading picks up in the middle of Jesus' appointment of the 70. So before we discuss today's verses, Father, is there anything that you would like to comment on regarding the 70? Yeah, I'd start out by noting that Luke is the only gospel where the 70 are mentioned explicitly, so this is the only time that we hear about them in the Bible mentioned as the 70. So is there any significance to that, the fact that they're only mentioned here in Luke? There is significance, and I would say it like this. Uh, If you examine the Gospels, you can see that Jesus had multiple disciples, and so we usually think about the 12 disciples. Then there is this mention in Luke of the 70, and the point that I want to make is that it's not like Jesus only had 12 disciples at one time, and then at another time he had 70. These numbers are used rather at specific times to make specific points. And even with the 12, you can look at it uh, from the other angle. You know, yes, there, there were more than 12, but also in a sense there were fewer than 12. And what I mean by that is that only a handful of the 12 are even mentioned in any detail in the Bible. So, for example, you know, clearly Simon Peter takes on uh, a large role, and to some extent Andrew and James and a couple of others. But many of the 12 were barely mentioned. So my point is that the 12 is used very specifically, very precisely. Okay. I think I follow, Father. For example, we hear about the 12 disciples and, and then these 70 that were sent out by Jesus, but we also hear about some of the women or other followers of Christ at other places in the gospel. So I think I understand that. But why are the 12 and the 70 here singled out? Well, the 12 parallel the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 was uh, the biblical number representing the fullness of God's people. And note how this plays out in the Bible, because in reality, with no tribe being named after Joseph, but rather after his sons, you would have had 13 tribes. But instead, they're each called, those two, from those two sons, are each called a half-tribe. And so you still end at that number 12. And I point that out just to highlight that this number 12 is not random. I mean, clearly you have the 13 that are then adjusted to fit into that 12 instead. And so if, if 12 is the number of the fullness of the people of God, and that's why the 12 disciples are specifically called out as 12, what about the 70? Yeah, so the 70 is different. The number 70 is significant in both 
the Old Testament and as it relates to Jesus' ministry, because 70 is the number of nations listed in what is often referred to as the Table of Nations in Genesis chapter 10. Mm, that's interesting. So maybe you can tell us a little more about the, the Table of Nations and, and its significance. Yeah, so the, the Table of Nations comes from the sons of Noah, and of course it was these sons who, after the flood, are said in Genesis 10 to have populated the earth. Because remember, everything besides Noah and, and the people and the animals with him in that, in that story were completely wiped out, wiped off the face of the earth. So the 70 became represented not of the fullness of the people of God per se, as we said was the case with number 12, but 70 is the fullness of the nations. And what I mean by that then is that the number 70 is from this table of nations representative of the nations as a whole. Okay, so I think I see where uh, you're going here. The, the 12 represented the people of God and the 70 represented the nations, or what we often refer to as the Gentiles. And as we see, the 70 disciples were then sent out to the nations. Yeah, absolutely correct. And in addition to that, I want to point out that you see represented by the 12 disciples and the 70 disciples, Jesus' dual mission, so to speak, this mission to both the Jews and to the nations, to the Gentiles. And as we know, the Jews and Gentiles are united before God in the person and the teaching of Jesus Christ and in the fellowship found in his community on the sole basis of them both, Jew and Gentile, both putting their trust in God as St. Paul so clearly taught us. Very good. So uh, thanks for that explanation, Father, of both the 12 and the 70. And now if we turn our attention to other parts of today's reading, uh, specifically in verse 18, Jesus says, Quote, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Is he referring to, uh, to that event that took place before time began? And what is his purpose in this statement? Well, that, that's a good question. I would focus not so much on the event to which Jesus was referring, be it the fall of Satan from heaven before humanity, or whether it was something recent to which Jesus was referring and specifically related to the 70, but I would instead focus on the purpose of the statement, which you asked about, and I think the purpose of the statement in the context of today's passage is, is fairly clear. And maybe to give our listeners a, a brief reminder, I'd note that the context of Jesus' statement about Satan falling from heaven is the 70 returning to Jesus and marveling that even the demons were subject to them in the name of Christ. Yeah, right. That's good context. And this is extremely important uh, because the purpose of what Jesus was saying was not to let that power go to your head, to his disciples' head. In other words, uh, do not abuse the power that's given to you to subject the demons. Use it rather for the benefit of others. And unfortunately, the way that power is used so frequently in this world is to subject others to us, to abuse the power. And I'm sure you know the famous saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So ultimately, Jesus is warning against this and thus tells the 70 to rather rejoice that their names are written in heaven. So in sum, do not use power for the sake of power itself or simply to subject others, but use it to uplift those who are in need. Very good. So the final question I have for today relates to verse 21. Would you unpack that final verse from today's reading that says, 
I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Yeah, it's really quite simple. In the Gospels, as we see, Jesus is systematically opposed to the powerful of this world. And the reason for that is what I just expressed a minute ago, that the way of the world is to use power to enslave, that power tends to corrupt us human beings. And so Jesus, again, is systematically opposed to the powerful of this world. And we heard this a few weeks ago on our podcast when you read the Sermon on the Plain. And in addition to the Beatitudes that are provided there, with uh, which we're more familiar, I think, we also heard Jesus add in that sermon the woes. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full. Woe to you who laugh. Woe to you when all people speak well of you. And so the conclusion of, of this reading today is consistent with this theme of Jesus opposing those who are powerful, those who are well-respected in this world, which of course gives you a certain amount of power, a certain form of capital. It's different than money, but it's still valuable. And it's just a continued repetitive reiteration of that theme and teaching. And I don't want to get sidetracked on it now. We've discussed it before. I'm sure we will again. But this teaching is not something new from Jesus. It was also a prominent biblical teaching in the Old Testament. So it is a consistent biblical theme across both Old and New Testaments for the Bible to be opposed to the powerful of this world. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we discussed the significance of the 70 that are mentioned explicitly in Luke's gospel and how it also relates to the 12 disciples. Father Aaron explained that the 12 disciples parallel the 12 tribes of Israel, which represent the fullness of God's people. In contrast, the 70 represent the fullness of the nations. Here we see that the 12 tribes and the nations correlate to the Jews and the Gentiles. We then discuss Jesus' statement in verse 18 regarding Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Rather than focusing on the event that Jesus speaks of here, Father Aaron stressed that our attention should be given to the purpose of his statement. Jesus emphasizes that we cannot allow power to corrupt us, but rather use it for the benefit of others. And in the final verse from today's reading, we see this theme of Jesus opposing those who are powerful and well-respected continue. And so we should heed the words of our Lord when he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Hallelujah, glory to thee, O God.